You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. Thank you for joining us for another Keep in Science Real podcast. I'm here with my colleague, Leon Eikhoff Gentry, K8 Science Marketing Manager at Savas Learning. Leon, who's our special guest today? Thanks, Walter. I'm so pleased to have Dr. Jackie Speak joining me today as she's going to discuss uh, design thinking um, and how to integrate the the design thinking experiences into uh, STEM lessons. Uh, Dr. Jackie Speak Dwyer is an educator with 20 years of experience in the classroom, uh, as well as district and state levels. Her expertise spans curriculum and assessment development, teacher training on standard-driven instruction and practice and best practices, including the 5E, inquiry, STEM as a process, and three-dimensional learning and GSS. She has a doctorate from the University of South Florida in educational leadership and policy studies and a master's in secondary science education. Jackie, thank you so much for joining us here today. Thank you for having me. So let's just jump right into the discussion. Uh, may I call you Jackie, by the way? Yes, absolutely. Okay. <laughs> or, or Dr. Jackie Speak, the science geek. That's a little long. So just Jackie. Oh, the science geek. So you call yourself the science geek, Dr. Science Geek. Tell me a little bit about that. So many moons ago, uh, my science fair students started that nickname when we were traveling to the state and international science and engineering fairs. Um, and so Dr. Jackie Speak, the science geek, apparently I out-geeked them all, and I am proud to be a science geek, so I'm in good company. So you've got a lot of experience working with students and in the classroom, and sounds like making science fun um, through STEM. Now, I... I realized you have a book called Design Meaningful STEM Lessons, and I believe it's available available through um, NSTA, correct? Correct. Okay. So when I when I kind of skimmed through it, uh, it seems to go really in depth describing the use of design thinking. How would you describe what design thinking really is? Okay. So philosophically. That whole idea, the whole concept of STEM sounds really great, right? How we integrate science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. But what should STEM integration really look like? And how do we pair that with standards-driven instruction? So we've seen a lot of these um, STEM lessons around building a spaghetti or a marshmallow tower. It's a great way to get students to learn problem-solving skills. But in the absence of a scientific phenomenon, this is just a fun project. So the goal for the book, um, Designing Meaningful STEM Lessons, was to present a simple, practical way, a practical process for implementing meaningful STEM activities into the classroom. So we know how students learn. We start with a real-world question about the scientific phenomenon. And this requires students to use those science and engineering practices, including that engineering design thinking process to solve the problem. So STEM, like design thinking, is a process, not a thing. Now, when you talk about real world, connecting to the real world, give me an idea, because I think there there is a kind of a, um, 
misconception of what phenomena is in in relation to real world. Can you kind of give us an idea of what would that be? What would real what is real world? What is representative of real world? So real world problems, um, I mean, it could be so many things. Um, how do we learn more about earthquakes or any kind of natural disaster phenomenon? Those are all phenomenon. Animal migration is a phenomenon. How do we learn more about that? So if there's, um, we ask problems like a problem could be as simple as how do we learn more about animal migration? Or how do we learn more about what, um, how to to monitor earthquakes or volcanoes or things like that? So all of those questions, that's a problem because, you know, when we have earthquakes, when we have natural disasters, um, how do we fix those different things? Or maybe we want to design a park that's going to um, ensure that we're not interrupting the native species in the area. And how can we ensure that that um, remains, you know, a, a habitat that's going to allow those animals and plants and things to continue to thrive. So those just, I mean, it, and it could be as simple as how do I, how do I change a tire? Mm-hmm. I, yeah. So, I mean, just yeah. think, how do we think through problems and that's design thinking. And we want to use STEM as that vehicle for that design thinking and that problem solving. So when we now when we step into the classroom with this design thinking in relation to uh, STEM instruction and experiences, how how does that all relate together? So we know that the science standards pretty much across the states, right, include very similar same core ideas, right? So the core mm-hmm. ideas don't change. Um, based on where you live in the United States. So the development of that framework for K-12 science education, that's the um, the research that led to the design of those next-gen science standards, includes science and engineering practices, and they're embedded in the standards as a way to enhance science instruction and to integrate that thinking component for STEM. Mm -hmm. So it's how we teach and frame the content that makes a significant difference in how students learn and that retention right? The retention of what they are learning for those important science concepts. So if we think of standards as the framework, pedagogy is how we deliver the content to students. And STEM provides that integral component um, of a real world application of problem solving. So um, another example for many we read a lot of things about project or problem-based learning, right? But most of what we read is about focusing on the integration of the components of science, technology, engineering, and mathematics. Doesn't have a lot of information about how that instruction needs to occur, but this is what we need to do to prepare students with the knowledge, those skills, the tools to develop solutions for problems that really don't even exist yet. Right. Right. And it's kind of hard to predict that, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, you've got to be really up on what's hap- happening out in the world and and know where all these changes are happening. Right. You know, I I that that to me has always been the biggest phenomenon. How a teacher is able to create that, you know, vision. Right. And you know, the the great thing, I mean. I don't want to, um, I mean, you could really open up any newspaper or any kind of article and really just use that as a jumping off point because there's so many things. I mean, even the whole, mm-hmm. the eclipse, 
right? That we just yeah. had like, this past weekend. And not all of us were able to see it because it was raining here where I live. But that's even like, that is a phenomenon. How do we, how do we learn more about that? So um, anything that can tie them to the real world and make it relevant for them, for the students, that's mm-hmm. it's really important because it answers the, why do I need to learn this question? Right. So what are some steps that teachers can take to build in a an effective design thinking experience for students. So I think I think I got this put this into three buckets, I think. So if we think about design thinking as a solution-based or solution-driven approach to solving problems, we do this every day, right? We we're mm-hmm. constantly thinking through this is a problem, I need to solve it. So that's something that we do in our daily lives. But what does it look like in the classroom? I think teachers really need to focus on behaviors. What are teachers doing? What are students doing? This needs to be an active and very student-centered classroom. Collaboration, creativity. We want to allow a space for spontaneous questioning as well as planned investigations. But we must include integration of those real-world situations or problems. We start with the question, the problem, and then we work through the phenomenon and the content um, gathering our evidence to solve those problems. So, because ultimately, what do we want students to learn, right? We want them to be problem solvers, innovators, yeah. inventors, mm-hmm. self-reliant, right? Like we, they know mm-hmm. some things, they know how to find information, they know if the information is correct. We want them to be logical thinkers and, and of course, technology literate, um, although I think that they're probably way ahead of us on that. And then <laughs> last but not least, my third bucket is, what do we want to see in a really effective, meaningful STEM lesson. It needs Mm -hmm. to focus on the real world issues, right? We just listed several of them, real world issues and problems. It needs to be guided by that engineering design process. The whole idea of coming up the question, brainstorming some ideas around it, coming up with um, some possible solutions, testing those out, refining them, getting feedback. So that whole idea, that whole design process, that design thinking to solve that problem. We need students immersed in hands-on inquiry and open-ended exploration. So less directed, um, more guided um, as far as the inquiry. And we need to involve them in productive teamwork because that collaboration, that communication, those skills are so important. And then last couple things, we want to make sure that any, what we're doing applies that rigorous math and science content. The standards mm-hmm. are going to hold us to that because they are very rigorous. And how do we allow for multiple right answers and reframing failure as a necessary part of learning? So my favorite quote, Albert Einstein, I have not failed. I have just found 10,000 ways that do not work is a great <laughs> kind of way to you know move forward with this. And it's okay if you fail as the teacher, it doesn't work the first time change it, try again. But the idea is that use that engineering, that design process, that design thinking, remove the boundaries between subjects, right? So that design thinking is something that students are going to do in all their subject areas. And just to keep in mind that STEM thinking, design thinking is a process, not a thing. I have I have a question. Uh, I want to go back to um when when you first started talking about that first bucket and you were you were saying come up you know introduce the question um the real world connection basically um 
have you ever, and, and this just came to me when, when you were talking and describing that process and, and the effect of some steps to take, have you, in your experience with your students in the classroom in the past, ever had the students come up with the real world problem and come up with the co- the uh, question collectively? Um, have you ever done something like that before? Yes. And you can do that so easily, even if it's just introducing them to a video clip about a, a current problem or, or issue, um, showing them a picture and allowing them to ask questions. Like I've shown um, the students pictures of a landslide and how part of the house was down at the bottom of the landslide, but part of it was completely untouched. How does this happen, right? So what mm-hmm. questions do you have about these this particular image or this video clip or this reading passage, right? So mm-hmm. even presenting a news article, let the students come up with the questions. I think that's, for me, the most important piece is that their inquiry is really driving the learning. And that's something that, of course, as teachers, we need to scaffold for them. It's not something they're mm-hmm. going to be able to do right away. But just mm-hmm. simply, again, for, um, starting off with that real world image, video clip, reading passage, news article, just to get them thinking about what is the problem and how might this be solved. Um, I think that um, letting them know that their questions are important and that they are going to, in the future, be responsible for solving these problems, right? Well, thank you so much, Jackie. I I think this was this is a really interesting topic for me because uh, you you probably know that I'm very passionate about promoting STEM and the classroom with uh, our our Savage Virtual STEM Fairs. Um, I I think this is so important. This is such an important. Uh, engagement opportunity that teachers need to take advantage of. And the steps that you've presented us today, I think are very doable for any teacher in any content area to incorporate and connect to science in some way, you know. Um, uh, Do you have any words of wisdom for teachers before, before we sign off today? Words of wisdom. I think when we get out of our comfort zone, that is when we really do amazing things. And if we get out of our comfort zone and show our students that we can do that, even if an activity doesn't work, right? Um, it allows them to see that we have not failed. We're just going to figure it out. And we're going to try it again. So uh, I encourage teachers, get out of your comfort zone, allow organized chaos in the classroom. And we always want to hear that that buzz, right? That that buzz of students talking about a phenomenon or a, 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 a real world problem. So I think just stepping out of that and letting the students take the lead um, is a really great first step. I can't agree more. Thank you so much, Jackie. That I just find you so inspiring as a, as a person or as an, ed, you know, an educator. And um, thank you for that. Well, thank you. That's such nice, very nice for you to say. And as always, it is a privilege and a pleasure because, you know, whatever we can do to help our teachers, it ultimately results in our students being successful. So that's my primary goal right now. Thank you. All right, Walter, it's back to you. Many thanks to both Leon Ikef Gentry and Dr. Jackie Speak for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. This Keep In Science Real podcast series is presented by Savvis Learning Company, 
a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit savas.com today to request pre-K through 12 curriculum samples for your school or district. And you can keep the conversation going by following us on social media at Savas Learning.